know, spending time last several Sundays talking about inner wholeness and just emphasizing the need to be whole on the inside. You know, just as we could fall sick in our bodies, and when you're sick in your body, then you need to recover, you need, you're unable to do certain things. In the same way, it's quite possible that we are emotionally hurt or wounded or fall sick, and then we need God to restore us emotionally on our inner person. And that's what we've been talking about the last several Sundays. We began by talking about rebuilding your self-image. How you perceive yourself, that's very important. And many times, our perception of self, our self-image gets torn down because of what people say, because of experiences we've gone through. It tears away at our self-image. And we are left with a very poor self-image. And we begin to operate out of that poor self-image it prevents us from being all that God wants us to be. It prevents us from achieving the highest and best that we can achieve through the grace of God. So it's so important to have, to rebuild our self-image, to build a very strong and positive self-image. And we said this, essentially we said this, that who you are in Christ is your true identity. Amen? Who you are in Christ is who you really are. You and I need to live out of that identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? And not be dictated by other people's opinions about us or how other people perceive us. Because they could be looking through their, through their own lenses. Maybe they're jealous of us, against us, etc., etc., etc. And what they say may tear us down. So you and I must learn that our image of ourselves must be solely, truly based on who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. And in our second message in the series, we talked about uprooting issues. You know, just as in the natural, there could be some growths and tumors in the body. And you go to the surgeon, he cuts you open, he takes it out. He uproots those things out of your body and you feel better, you're whole, you can, you know, function better. In the same way, in the emotional realm, there could be issues in ourselves that need to be dealt with. We talked about them last Sunday. And uh, we need to go to God and say, God, these issues must be uprooted. They need to be taken out. Whether they things like anger, hatred, criticism, lust, jealousy, pride, self, all kinds of things. And the list is almost endless. Where we, there are things in our soul man, our soulish person, that need to be taken out so that we can be whole people. Amen? Now this morning, I want us to go a little further and talk about healing deep wounds and hurts. Healing deep wounds and hurts. Now, just as in the natural, you get hurts. You can get a little bruise or you can get a deep wound and it's painful and it incapacitates us to a certain extent, sometimes wholly. You lie in bed until the wound heals, until you recover. Even so, in our inner person, our soul person, we could receive wounds or hurts which affect us at, to different extents. I'm not saying that every person here has hurts and wounds, but it is possible that many of us today are still carrying deep wounds and hurts. And we need to address that and love God to bring healing to us in that realm. In Proverbs, the 17th chapter, the 22nd verse, Proverbs 17, verse 22, the Bible says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken, wounded, smitten, or stricken, or wounded spirit dries up the bones. If you've got a merry heart, a cheerful inner person, it does you a lot of good. But if you have a wounded spirit, a broken spirit, a hurt spirit, it says it can dry up the bones, meaning it can sap the very life out of you. 
just weaken you so much. Weaken us so much if we are wounded on the inside. Proverbs 18 and verse 14 says, The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken or a wounded spirit? The Message Bible puts it like this. It says, A healthy spirit, a healthy inner person, conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? So if your inner person is strong and healthy, you can overcome, conquer adversity. You know, you're, all of us are going to face difficult situations in life. It could be in your workplace, your school, your college, your circumstances, your family situation. We all face adversity. If you have a strong, healthy inner person, it's going to give you the ability to conquer that. But if you're crushed on the inside, if we are crushed on the inside, then the slightest problem lays us flat on the ground. Say, God, I throw in the towel. Can't take it. So it's so important to be whole on the inside because adversities will come. No life on earth is devoid of difficulties and challenges. All of us are going to face it. So it's so important to be healthy, whole on the inner person so that when you do face adversity, you have the inner strength to press through and conquer it. Amen? So we must focus on just uh, strengthening our inner person or being whole on the inside. Now, what produces wounds and hurts in our inner person? This is a short list and just for us to think about. You know, what could bring about hurts and wounds in our inner person? Here's just a few things here. Sometimes dysfunctional family or grow environment in which we grow up where emotional needs are not met can result in wounds and hurts. Children growing up in very abusive or in a very, very difficult family. Parents are always at conflict. There's all kinds of problems going on. That can leave a long-term wound hurt on that child or on those children. Or any major event that affects one emotionally. Example, death of a close individual, some tragedy, some trauma that we go through that hurts us, that wounds us, and the wound continues to linger even with the passage of time, even if it's not healed. Major disappointments. There was great expectation, but they were not met. Major disappointments can leave deep wounds and hurts. Unfinished business, meaning issues or unresolved conflicts with parents or others, can become a reason for wounds to fester, grow, and develop within us. Or severe mistreatment, you face abuse through whatever, or through whoever, and that leaves wounds and hurts in our lives. Let's look at some real-life examples that produce wounds and hurts in individuals. We talk about, think about a dysfunctional family environment and how that affects a young life. This is a true situation here. A young woman who is now actually living in with a boyfriend. And the boy is so abusive. He is uh, on drugs. He's an alcoholic. and He's uh, going through frequent unemployment. He can't hold a job properly. He's a very uh, abusive verbally and physically towards this young girl. And uh, a very has an uncontrolled temper. And yet this young lady says, I want to marry this boy. And you think like, what's wrong? I mean, it doesn't, you don't need to, to have that much of brilliance to say this is the wrong person to marry. But yet, she insists that she needs to marry this person. What's the reason? Go back into her past. She grew up in a home where her emotional needs were not met by her parents. And within her is a deep-seated fear of being abandoned. So the first person who would show some amount of concern, even though it is packaged with a whole lot of abuse and trauma, even though that, she, that little feeling of being accepted 
is all she's looking for. She's willing to put up with all the rest of the junk just because deep within her, she has a fear of being abandoned. Emotional needs not met growing up as a child. Are you listening? And then like this, there are so many, many people, even though they realize that our hurts and wounds, they want to still enter into marriage Carrying with them the hurts and wounds that have not been healed. Entering into marriage thinking that marriage will heal their brokenness. The reality is a healthy marriage cannot be built on broken lives. Amen. We need to love God to heal our inner person. Heal those wounds within us as we step into marriage. And so what happens? A person getting into marriage like this who's not whole on the inside. Broken with some deep wounds and hurts, entering into a marriage, what happens? Either they become a victim or they make the other spouse a victim. Breaks the marriage. And maybe it doesn't take a lot to realize it's better to be a single broken person than a married broken person. <laughs> I'll leave that with you to ponder about. <laughs> so that's why we need to be ruthlessly honest about our inner brokenness, that there are wounds and hurts that God have I need to get this healed before I get into some serious relationship, especially like something like marriage or any major event that affects one emotionally. Uh, the death of a close individual or tragedy or a trauma. I mean, if you, if, you know, if you lose a very loved one or even a close friend and you're not able to reconcile yourself to that loss, that loss can have a, such a tremendous effect on your inner emotional person that it might even just cripple the person in the rest of their life. And you and I are probably aware of such individuals. In Proverbs, the 15th chapter, the 13th verse, the Bible says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. When there is so much sorrow on the inside, it can crush, break, wound, hurt your inner spirit on the inside. So you must know how to handle sorrow. Be reconciled with it. We all are going to face Difficult circumstances, the loss of a loved one, some tragedy, some trauma. All might face these things. Nobody's exempt. But you need to know how to handle the sorrow. Otherwise, too much sorrow can crush the inner person, hurt the person. Major disappointments. You are expecting something. You get something else. Can be a major disappointment that leaves wounds and hurts. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred, delayed, makes the heart, the inner person, sick. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. Hope and expectation. You're looking out for it, but it gets deferred, delayed, withheld, sometimes gone. It makes the heart sick, gone, weakens the inner person. But when an expectation comes, when desire comes, it's a tree of life. It brings so much blessing. Or how about unfinished business or issues or unresolved conflicts with parents and relationally? Maybe, you know, typical scenario where there's not a healthy relationship between parent and the grown-up young individual, the teenager or young adult, and things are not so good. And maybe it climaxes in a very bad argument, a heated argument, and the individual, the young individual evacuates, jumps off the ship, leaves home without ever resolving that incident or that, that conflict. They leave. They go through life. They even find a great job, do well professionally, get married, etc. But that unresolved conflict with the parents can continue to hurt that individual. And it will show up sometime down the road. Either in the workplace, in the marriage, or in some other relationship. 
Are you listening? And sometimes it could be parents who are at fault. I'm not saying it's always the young person who's at fault. Here's what the scriptures tell us in Colossians 3, verse 21. Parents awake. All young kids, make sure that your parents are awake, listening. Colossians 3, 21, the Bible says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. The Message Bible puts this verse like this. It says, Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. So sometimes, and the husband's looking at the wife. Sometimes, parents can become responsible for crippling their children. They come down too hard. Why, why did you get 90? Why not 99? <laughs> you know, how about that neighbor kid? How did he get 98 and you only got 90? Both of you, I sent both of you same tuition teacher. I mean, I'm just making this up, you know, but this is kind of close to real life. How parents come down so hard on the children. And, and it's not just studies. It could be other things. You know, why don't you go play football like Anand Harris? You know? <laughs> or why can't you play the keyboard like, you know, Ranjit? You look just like him. And what's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, just so many different things that parents come down so hard on the children. The Bible says you end up crushing their spirit, meaning you're crippling them on the inside. And you may not see it now, but when they're 25, it shows up. And their poor manager at work has to deal with it. It's okay to laugh in church. <laughs> or sometimes, you know, it could just be a long-term unforgiveness. It doesn't necessarily have to be a parent-child situation. It could be just any other relationship where somebody has hurt you. Somebody has betrayed you. Somebody has done something that, was, that you didn't expect. They hurt you in some way. And if there's long-term unforgiveness or anger or ill-feeling towards that person, then you need to understand that it's probably not just an emotional thing you have. There's actually a hurt and a wound out of which this kind of emotion is coming. And God looks at it as very important that you forgive, that you release that anger. But for that to happen, there has to first be healing of that hurt, that wound. Amen. That's why Jesus said, you know, in Mark 11, 24, 25, 26, he says, you know, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you will have them. But then he continues right after, look, when you're praying, I want you also to do something. If you have anything against anybody, forgive. Just as your heavenly father forgave you. And if you do not forgive, God also cannot forgive. Serious. He takes releasing of that forgiveness. is very important for us. Of course, in forgiveness, you know, you're not condoning what the other person did. You're not saying he didn't do wrong. He, did, he, he or she may have wronged you. But what you are saying is, I will not allow that wrong to become a hurt or remain a hurt in me. I want to just take a little sidetrack and talk a little bit about inner wholeness and ministry. Because one day, all of you are going to be in ministry. Amen? You're looking at me strange. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't mean you're going to quit your jobs. I mean, God's going to use you. Amen? And some of you has already started using you. I was just listening to the testimonies of um, Prashant and Manoj. They're all just 20, you know. They went through Hyderabad, Vijayawada, and um, Vishakapatnam. Wonderful meetings, people got healed, people got delivered of demons. Wonderful work, amen? I'm excited, I wish you could hear the testimony. We heard it in the North Church because Prashant comes there. Wonderful, young people going out and ministering from here, amen? So all of you are going to become ministers one day and some of you are already ministering. But while you're doing that, you need to keep your personal wholeness in mind. Inner wholeness is very important as you move out in ministry. If you are not whole on the inside and you're carrying hurts and wounds or issues, it's going to affect the people you minister to. Now, 
before we get into further into this, I'm not saying that we all have to be perfect. Because if you were perfect, you'd probably in, be in heaven by now. I'm not saying we all have to be perfect. None of us are. And you've heard it said, you know, God uses imperfect people to perfect imperfect people. Didn't get it? <laughs> God uses imperfect people to perfect imperfect people. Amen? If you still didn't understand it, the Bible says, let him who does not understand, let him who is ignorant remain ignorant. <laughs> now, just go think about it. So I'm not saying all of us have to reach some certain level of perfection before ministry. No, none of us are perfect. We all have little flaws here and there. But if we are carrying deep wounds and hurts, I want us to see how that's going to affect ministry. And we must take our inner wholeness very seriously, especially as you step out of ministry. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, Paul told Timothy, he said, Take heed to yourself. Watch over your own self. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine and to what you are teaching. You know, Timothy, you need to watch over yourself and you need to watch over what you are teaching. And he continues in that verse. He says, continue in this for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. So Timothy, as a minister of God, here's your responsibility. You need to watch over yourself and also watch over what you're teaching. If you don't, you'll hurt yourself, you'll hurt the others for listening to you. But if you do, you'll protect yourself, you guard yourself, and you'll guard those who you're ministering to. There is a grave danger in ministering without dealing with personal issues. When I talk about personal issues, I'm talking about wrong attitudes and behavior. And, uh, you know, if, if I, as a minister of God, I have a personal issues, meaning like, if God, if I have an area of example, I'm using this as an example. Don't say pastor has this problem. No. Example. All right. Let's say I, as a minister of God, have an area of lust as a personal issue. I have not brought that area in subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Right? And I have this area. And I'm carrying that with me as a personal issue. I'm continuing to minister. What happens? That personal issue, if it's not dead and if it continues to grow, will become an area for the devil to play around. It becomes the devil's playground. And it soon gives a certain area of my life, uh, opens a certain area of my life to what the Bible calls as familiar spirits, friends, friendly spirits. Except that these are like Casper the ghost. They are not good spirits. I'm sorry, cut that out. It opens the door to unclean spirits. Let me shake her head this way so I know why I was cut that out. So it opens the door. That realm of my life opens the door to familiar spirits, meaning those spirits that are very friendly in that particular area. Unclean spirits. So while God the Holy Spirit is working through me in other realms, because I'm not resolving this area of my life, progressively it's becoming a playground for the devil and soon it's accommodating familiar spirits in my life. And if I'm not careful, they will begin to influence me as a minister and the ministry coming through me, they'll begin to affect more than the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, they just like, lots of examples. Let's begin with King David. King David, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. He wrote so many wonderful Psalms. But here, now, there are many incidents in his life, but I just want to bring your attention to one of them. This was kind of towards the later stage of his life. His kingdom was established. He had all authority over all Israel, powerful armies, mighty men in his army. He was king and all, everything going so well. But here's what the enemy was able to do. In 1 Chronicles 21 and verse 1, it says, Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. Satan wanted to get at God's people. So what did he do? He said, you know, 
I'm just going to affect David in one area of his life. And I know I can affect the whole nation. So what did he do? He moved David. The, the Hebrew there simply means he seduced or enticed David. Now how could David, a man after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the one who wrote all those wonderful psalms, how could, even though he, you know, he's been through you know, some problems, hopefully he's learned through it, how could yet again he open up to the enemy to seduce and entice him to do something God said, do not do. But the Bible doesn't give us the reason. But the fact remains, there was a door opened in David's life for, the, for Satan to get entrance and seduce him in that particular area. It's most likely pride. Most likely. The Bible doesn't say it. Most likely. You know, wow, I am king. Look at my kingdom. Look at all these wonderful things. Pride opens the door. Look, you're king. You can do what you want. Just tell them to number the people. Single door. Issue of pride. Open the door. Cause a lot of problems for Israel. There's also a major reason why many ministers fall into sexual sin because of unresolved issues in the area of sexuality becomes a door of entrance to the enemy. And what I've personally observed, this is just personal observation, there's no chapter and verse on this. What I've observed is that if the pastor is proud, arrogant, rebellious, he's got a certain kind of thing in him, you'll find a lot of people in the congregation behave the same way. They also are proud, arrogant. Now, they may be spiritually very good because the pastor may be very strong in the word and strong in the spirit and all that. I'm not talking about that. But you'll also find the same trait in the people. Why? Because of the influence. They're proud, arrogant, critical at times, rebellious at times. Why? Because shepherd of the sheep carries that same issue. And it's being transmitted through the messages, through the teaching, through the ministry, into the lives of the sheep. There is a grave danger in ministering out of a wounded heart or spirit. If a minister of God is carrying wounds, a wounded hurt or hurt in their inner person, usually what happens is that wound or hurt becomes a door for wrong doctrines and erroneous teaching. This is we're talking about ministry. Oh, it's okay to do that. Yes. Becomes a door for erroneous teaching. Example. And these are real examples. Let's say there's a woman who's, uh, who's doing women's ministry or ministering to prom prominent women. And this woman has a bad marriage where her husband has hurt her. So what happens in her preaching, in her teaching, in her messages, you'll find that directly or indirectly, she makes mincemeat of all men. I mean, in her messages, men are terrible people. Why? Because she's hurt in that area. Her husband has hurt her. She's carrying hurt and wound in that area. Therefore, that whole ill feeling, resentment comes through her preaching. Now, all those innocent women sitting and listening to her, they say, yes, amen, you know. And soon, they begin to look at men the same way. And you and I and all men in this place know that's not true, amen. Men are not, all men are like that. There may be some men who are very abusive and, you know, things like that, but no men are like that. But because of this woman minister carrying deep wounds and hurts, it comes out in her teaching, comes out in her preaching, comes out in her ministry. And all the people listening to her begin to take. It may not happen immediately, not may not happen with one sermon. But as you keep listening, 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 you begin to think the same way. You begin to adapt the same ideas. You, your theology becomes conformed to that person. You begin to look at men, other men the same way. And if they get married, they go into marriage with this in their mind. Men are bad. Where did it happen? begin? A woman minister carrying wounds and hurts in her, inside her. Affected her teaching. And this is real life. I'm not making it up. So I want to challenge us, ministers of God, and 
you know, stay away from ministering in areas where you know you've got personal issues until God brings about a resolution to that. Stay away. God, issues, got deep wounds, hurts. Hey, get healed, get whole. Uh, God may use you well in other areas. Go ahead, do that. But be careful in trying to, you know, counsel people in areas of marriage when you are hurting or this. In the areas you are areas where you are carrying deep wounds and hurts, be careful because what you say may not be the word of God, unless of course you're able to come back to the scripture and speak purely from the word of God. That's okay, but stay away in general from uh, ministering those areas where you've got these issues. And if there are some serious areas, then I'd encourage you to take a break completely from ministry until God brings healing, because you need to save yourself and them that hear you. Amen. I mean, this is just another example, a true example. About a young man, he's like, God's using him. He's filled the spirit. And all excited, moving the spirit and all that. And, um, but because he's got almost a part of his conversation, he's talking about sexual things. In his prophecies, he comes up with things that deal with sexual things. Now, I wouldn't call that prophecy. But in his supposed prophecy, he comes out with these things. How is that possible? Well, answer is very simple. He's got issues in that area. And because he's not dealing with that, parts of his conversation, in, even in the realm of prophecy, these kinds of things begin to come forth. It's not a made-up story. So what does he need to do? He needs to take a break and say, God, deal with these issues in my life. So that it doesn't affect what I speak. It doesn't affect my conversation. It doesn't affect the working of the Spirit of God through my life. Amen? So make inner wholeness a priority. Just as we need to be healthy physically, we need to be whole on the inner person. And here's the good news. Our God makes us whole. Amen? Nobody in this place needs to feel condemned or feel bad because all of us at some stage in our life have had to deal with issues, have had to work through hurts and wounds. It's just part of life. The good news is that our God, the Bible says in Psalm 147 verse 3, heals the broken, the brokenhearted. People are broken on the inside. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He makes them whole again. That's the kind of God we still. I'm talking about the Messiah. Isaiah prophesied saying the spirit of God is upon me. Because the Lord God has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. Those are broken on the inside. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Are you broken? He came to heal the broken heart. Do you think your inside looks like ashes? He came to make it beautiful. Bring beauty for ashes. You feel like you're in a state of mourning. He came to give the oil of joy for those who mourn. The failure, you're crushed, there's a heavy spirit upon you. He came to give you the garment of praise so that you can show that you are a work of the Lord and He be glorified in your life and mine. Amen? There's a wonderful God that we serve. He's the God who, according to Psalm 23, verse 3, He restores our soul. He makes it whole. He brings it back to its original state of wholeness. So how do we receive wholeness for wounds and hurts? I'm sharing some insights here that have been taken from Ed Smith's book on healing life's hurts in simple language here. Here are some things he shares which I found were very useful. He says, we must understand, number one, that our present situation is rarely the cause of our ongoing emotional pain. Don't blame your present situation for your emotional pain. It's not your boss. 
It's not your spouse. It's not that presence. It's not your house, you know. You can change the house, but if you have hurts, you'll carry the how, those hurts into the next house. So it's not your present situation. What we presently struggle with in our inner person likely has its roots in a prior experience, something that happened in the past. Number two, if we try to resolve our present conflicts without resolving our historical woundedness, we will find only temporary, temporary relief for our emotional pain. But if we find healing and renewal for our past, we can redeem our present and our future. So don't just try to resolve your present conflicts, but let's deal with the root cause. There's probably a hurt. It's probably a wound that needs to be made whole. Rather than just blaming things or people in the immediate circumstance or situation. Third is this, that since many of the negative emotions we currently feel are reflections of the past, they give us opportunity to expose the wounds of our lives and thus for renewal to occur. Meaning, what you feel now, the emotional pain that you feel now, as is actually exposing a wound. So this gives you the opportunity to identify the wound and say, God, I need healing in this area of my life. Amen. So this morning as we go to prayer, we're going to do this together. I want us to recognize each one of us as we prepare our hearts, prepare ourselves to go before God to receive healing. Recognize the present emotional pain. What are you feeling right now? I'm not saying everybody is in this but maybe there are some who are presently in a state of emotional pain. Maybe there's a feeling of hurt inside you. It could be, a, you know, unforgiveness, anger, or hatred, or whatever that you're feeling. Recognize it. Don't suppress it. Don't cover it up with a blanket and pretend it's all okay. Let's get healed. Amen. And second, because that pain is actually connected to something, a hurt or a wound that was dealt to us in the past, we need to recall the original experience or experiences that caused the wound or hurt. What actually happened? That was when I was hurt. That was when this wound came into my emotional person. And also in this process, we, number three, we need to take captive every lie that we believe because of that wound or hurt. For example, if there's a, there's a person here, you know, you grew up in a home where you did not receive much love for your, from your parents. That experience of not receiving love from parents left you believing a lie. And the lie is, nobody loves me. Or maybe you were betrayed in some way. Maybe the person you were going to marry betrayed you and said, sorry, I'm going away. I'm going to get married to somebody else. Or in after a marriage, the person betrayed you. And from that moment on, you said, I cannot trust anybody. Nobody's worthy of trust. And so now in your workplace, you don't trust anybody. In all other friendships, you don't trust anybody. It really hurts relationships. Because in the back of your mind, you're saying, what does that person want from me? What's that person going to do to me? You're not able to trust people. Why? It was a bad experience. But it left you believing a lie that you cannot trust any person. So you need to capture that lie. Are you understanding this? You need to say, I need to deal with that lie. I need to stop believing that lie. That's not true. There are people I can trust. And there is God who come, whom I can trust. He's worthy of my trust. So capture that lie. Take capture the lie you're believing because of that experience. And as we pray this morning, I want you to welcome God. Number four, welcome God to heal us by His Word, His Spirit, and the power of His cross. And lastly, continue to renew your mind to the Word of God. Because while God heals you, you need to make sure your mind does not go back to believing the lies that you once embraced. God heals your wounds. He heals your hurts. But in your mind, you must continue to believe the truth. Embrace the truth.
Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, because I'm meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, listen, you're, you feel tired in life. You're going through all kinds of things in life. You're heavy. You're burdened. He said, come to me. You'll find rest for your souls. I will restore your soul. Come to me. This morning, I want us to take some time to go to Jesus. I do not know what each one of us are struggling with. It could be a simple thing, like you're angry with your friends. Or it could be something serious, a deep wound, a deep hurt. Whether it's a small thing, whether it's a big thing, let's deal with it. Amen. I constantly, in my own personal life, I need to guard myself from any of these negative things, wrong issues. Constantly guard, guard, guard. God deal with this. God deal with this. God. Why? Because I know I need to be whole on the inside. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.